what will be meaningful to me and what could I meaningfully use to change my life? And then once you do that, then hopefully that dictates the priorities. Welcome to the Thriving on Overload podcast. I am Ross Dawson, a futurist and entrepreneur fascinated by how we can excel at dealing with the universe of information and the author of the book, Thriving on Overload. Every week, we share insights from information masters on how they transform today's avalanche of information into insight, foresight, and better decisions. For more goodness on this topic, be sure to visit thrivingonoverload.com, where there are wealth of resources to help you thrive, including all podcast episodes with transcripts, excerpts from my book, and if you are really intent on amplifying your information productivity, the Thriving on Overload interactive course, which helps you develop a personal information plan you can immediately put into practice. And be sure to sign up for our weekly Tips for Thriving newsletter if you want to optimize your information productivity. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe and give a rating or review on iTunes. It helps others interested in this topic to find these resources. Now, on with the show. On this episode, we learn from Nick Abrahams. Nick does many, many things, but perhaps the best way of describing him is as a leading lawyer and futurist. He is global co-leader of the digital transformation practice of major international law firm Norton Rose Fulbright, advising major organizations on issues including technology, M&A, crypto and blockchain, and digital transformation. He is co-founder of leading legal tech venture LawPath, and was a winner of the Financial Times Asia PAC Innovator of the Year Awards. As well as being an author of two excellent books, he is also a professional speaker and former stand-up comedian. You can find more on Nick's work at nickabrahams.com, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter at, at Nick Abrahams. In this episode, Nick shares insights on purpose and prioritization, talking for mutual value, deliberate sharing and engagement, stories for understanding, and far more. Keep listening to learn from Nick's great insights. Nick, it's awesome to have you on the show. Ross, thank you very much. I'm excited. So you uh, bring together two very fast-moving worlds. So one is law. So as a top lawyer, you have to keep across all of the new legislation, of which there is plenty. And at the same time, you're a technology lawyer, and there's a pretty fast-moving place there, and you're on top of uh, the pace of change in technology. So in a nutshell, how do you do that? How do you keep across this, this incredibly fast pace of change? Yeah, well, I guess there's, there's loads of things going on in any one day, and so the critical issue is around prioritizing uh, my time. And so, uh, you know, there's, yes. there's time spent doing client work. There's time spent marketing. I'm on three boards. I have my own separate business that I started, Law Path. And, uh, you know, I'm a professional speaker as well. So, yeah, trying to keep up with everything requires every day just shuffling priorities and making sure, you know, we hit the right ones first with the right amount of attention. So... 
I always have this idea of, of purpose as knowing why. And so I'm interested in how do you frame your priorities? I mean, is they keep on changing as you sort of get different insights or perspectives? Do you have, do you set those for the year or the month or your lifetime? So how is it that you get, get that guide into oh. what your priorities are? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, if we're zooming out, you know, I definitely set priorities for my lifetime. And so, uh, you know, years ago, I guess I did something which I think a lot of people do. And if you haven't, then you should definitely do it because it's great for bringing things into sharp perspective. But I wrote my own obituary. So what did I want to be remembered for? And it was very interesting when I, you know, when I sat down to do that, I realized that much of what I was actually doing wasn't relevant to the way that I wanted to be remembered. And I guess that was the way that I, you know, wanted to live my life. And so uh, that helped me uh, form a number of sort of key priorities around things that I wanted to do and and how I would uh, shape my life. So, yeah, so very much going from the, from the big picture around what is my life's purpose, what can I do to help people in this lifetime and then uh, really dropping down to you know going from there to you know there's a there's a yearly check-in that i do where i um i have you know a list that i and i go through last year's list and update it and so that's that gives me they're very real goals so they will be you know very specifically set out goals which which are capable of either yes I've done that or no I have not done that so they're not general in that sense it's not like I should be a better person it's you know I'm going to whatever you know do this much volunteering or whatever it is and so then I check in on that that that's a little more ad hoc during the year but certainly at least once every two months just make sure I'm headed in the right direction so that's sort of the the overarching sort of macro picture of, of what I'm trying to do. And then, you know, obviously there's the day-to-day as well. Well, uh, I don't think uh, that many people put, have the discipline to do that. But, I mean, that's the only way The only way you can actually get a real sense of why you're doing what you're doing is if you do uh, continue to check in as you do. Yeah, yeah, and no, I think that's right. I think, you know, that's that's the critical part. Of, you know, I'm, I'm, I didn't make any of this stuff up, obviously. it's This has all come from from books I've read and, and people I've listened to. And I, I think it depends on the sort of person that you are as well. So I know that I'm good if I've got, you know, some clear goals, then I will continue to strive for them. And, uh, you know, I have, I have a whole range of different things I want to achieve across a range of different areas of life. And I don't think there's one size fits all for any of this. You know, there may be people out there who this is a, oh, that sounds horrible and may well not work, but just works for me. So drilling down, I suppose, into the information part of this, because, of course, overload we are overloaded in many ways and just all of the things we would love to be able to do but can't do at all. But part of that is the information, which include, which is development of your expertise, it's the knowledge, it's the understanding, it's finding your path. So in terms of prioritizing what it is you need to keep current with or ahead of others on how do you frame that those areas of expertise or the knowledge or the understanding that you is important to you yeah yeah critically for me 
absent you know the the reading or you know listening to things the most valuable thing that i do is talking to people i happen to be a talker so that's quite good you know i i, I love talking to people and so uh, that is something that I'm very focused on. And obviously, you know, as we know, relationships are critical to success in life, you know, across, you know, whether it's going to be in your job, family, etc. And so I prioritise people and talking to people effectively as a number one issue. And then, you know, the way that I manage that, because I, I can, I speak to a lot of people in the course of any one day, that might be specifically work-related, might be related to one of the boards, but it also, you know, a lot of marketing or, you know, and I've, I've got this rule where, you know, I guess because I've been around the tech world for so long, I get approached by lots of early-stage companies. They have a rule, I'll always give them half an hour just to help them out. And so I need to be very deliberate in the way that I manage those particular engagements, and so uh, yeah, so I, I you know try to limit, if possible, every meeting to thirty minutes. Uh, sometimes I can, if we can get it done in twenty, that's terrific. And just trying to really work it so that I'm talking to a lot of people, getting a lot of information uh, from them, helping them where I can, and that's why things like Teams and Zoom have just been unbelievable. Uh, you know, the, the productivity that I've got mm. now, I'm sort of very happy with the remote style of working. I don't, I'm not one of those people who feels, you know, I need to meet people in person. That just doesn't sort of necessarily ring true for me. I know it does for loads of people and that's, you know, that's their thing, but um, yeah, I love it. So, so, you know, strict 30 minutes, no more. Obviously, if it's work-related and, you know, we, we need to go on for an hour or more, then, you know, have to do that. But, um, yeah, so that's first and foremost is is prioritising uh, people. And then happy to talk about sort of how I do my, I guess, sort of keeping up to date, if you want. So I suppose part of those conversations, you are, of course, people are asking you for your insights since you have uh, such a deep understanding of these domains. So do you always try to make sure that you learn from them in those meetings? Are you asking questions back? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm intensely interested in what people do, maybe too much so, but, you know, my particularly being a lawyer has been fantastic because I've had the opportunity to work with so many great companies and entrepreneurs over the years. And, uh, you know, when you're the lawyer, you can ask them whatever you want about their business and, and they will tell you. And so, so I find that very gratifying and, and a source of, of great information. And then, so I'm learning from them equally, you know, they've, they've called me or they want to speak to me because they, you know, they, they are after some information or, you know, often, you know, they're looking for a connection. They're looking for, funding or they're looking for a, you know, a, a board member to join their board or they're um, you know, looking for a, for a new chief marketing officer, something like that. So always trying to, to give value in those sessions where I can do it. And I try to make sure with every call that I do, whether this is sort of a, a work-related call, if it's a negotiation about an agreement, or if it's just a a, you know, a more simple discussion or a getting to know you. I try to always set out an agenda 
at the beginning so that we're all crystal clear what the expectation is around the meeting and what part everyone is going to play, what topics we're going to discuss and you know what we'll walk away with. So trying to have that degree of clarity, I think, you know, just helps everyone you know, really, you know, know what to expect from the session. Yes, absolutely. I had a very good education a long time ago when I was a journalist. Ah. I went in, I went into a CEO's office once and uh, did this interview. I said, oh, okay, great. Thank you very much. And he said, hey, hold on. Not so quick. I've got to ask you some questions. He got his pound of flesh by asking me about, you know, what other people were telling me and things like that. And it was like, it's, it's you know, that's kind of a, one of the great insights is you can learn from everyone. It's not, uh, and you have to, uh, you know, not only be the font of wisdom, but learn it from others as you go in that journey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you take notes in your meetings? If your meetings are one of your prime ways for learning and uh, finding out what's going on, do you take any notes? Do you just sort of all let it soak in? So what is the way of structuring your, um, you know, what it is you are coming across? Yeah, no, that's that's pretty regimented. So I have an iPad, which, um, uh, you know, is, is, is a critical device for the way that I work. So when I'm talking to people, if there's, you know, if there's a relevant point, I will jot that down on the, you know, I'll, I'll type it into the iPad and, and then I'll, I'll just send it to myself along with, you know, the name of the person who I'm speaking to. So generally speaking with most meetings, I will have some notes around around it and the person's name and so forth so I can come back to that. And then importantly, where there's an action item, uh, then I will send that email to myself with the action item and then that will get that gets a red flag just in my email and then what I try to do is if it is relatively simple to do whatever that action item is and more often than not that action item is me introducing people to someone else I will try to do that as soon as possible after the meeting because otherwise I find it it's it sort of gets delayed and then starts to cause anxiety for me because I'm like I've got to get around to that so so try to uh, try to get it done, but I do nothing in paper. Right. So, for example, you have been becoming a expert in blockchain, Web three, NFTs, uh, and a whole variety of rapidly emerging technologies. Mm. So, is this something where you? Deliberately sit down and structure your learning. Is it all through osmosis? How is it that you, you know, have developed and continue to develop your expertise and what's happening, particularly yeah. since these are so fast moving? Yeah, yeah. Gee, it is. Um, it is incredibly fast moving. That whole Web three space, so crypto, NFT, metaverse, and blockchain. It's. You know, I lived through, and I was I was chief operating officer of a reasonably large Australian dot-com during the original dot-com back in 99, 2000. I think what we're seeing with Web3 is is bigger and faster than anything we saw in dot-com, the amount of yes. money that's being transacted. And, uh, you know, back then you had, to, you had to go and raise money in the traditional way to buy shares. Now we're having you know, coin offerings and it's, it is remarkable. So the speed of this. So, so the way that I keep up to date is, um, well, once again, uh, finding people who know about this stuff and, and talking talking to them. So that's incredibly helpful. So reading the way that I do my reading, so that is every day. Uh, I'm, I'm devoting 
between half or between 30 and 60 minutes a day just to reading about Web3. And that's probably not enough given the speed with which this is growing, and particularly with things like uh, crypto. And I was late to crypto. I've probably only been involved in the space for the last two and a bit years, so I'm not sort of a deep crypto native, um, but been a steep learning curve, which I've come up a little bit, I think. And so so devoted myself to looking at sort of relevant websites that compile um you know, what is, whatever is the news of the day, so something like a Cointelegraph. Um, there's also sites that bring all of that news together, so they're, they're helpful. And then uh, I'm on a number of newsletter um, chains around Web3, and then I've also got uh, my own. It's, it's through a solution we've got at the office, which uh, basically just summarises every time Certain keywords have been used in major media publications globally, and I get that every day and look at that. And then what I try to do is to post on LinkedIn every day about Web3 because I think, well, one, it forces me to actually keep up to date, and, and two, I find that some of the insights that I derive from my interactions on LinkedIn are just sensational, and and you know, I met some wonderful people. Had some great work come in through LinkedIn as well, and I'm quite happy to to test an opinion out there around around various things. And I've been quite deliberate in some of some of the discussions that I will have because I want to understand more, and I want to you know I, I see things a particular way, and I want to try and test to see is there something that I'm missing. And so I find that LinkedIn is a wonderful way of testing my knowledge and finding other like-minded people as well. So you're not hedging; you're just uh, putting putting some strong, uh, strong, well, some opinions forward for the in the hope that someone will shoot them down or uh, come up with some other perspectives. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's not that you know I don't do that every time. Obviously, you know, uh, many times it's just sharing a piece of you know relevant piece of information, you know, something like. PwC opens an office in the metaverse. You know, I'll, I'll put that out um, because I think that's interesting. Maybe with a little, you know, um, uh, summary of what I think that means. But yeah, where I think there's contentious issues around things like, I mean, there are these things called um, DAOs, so decentralized autonomous organizations. I've mm-hmm. been quite deliberate around that because I'm concerned uh, about the structures of those and what that means from a legal point of view, practical point of view, and so forth. So, yeah, I've been very happy. To, I mean, it gets me, you know, I, I get some grief, and, um, you know, so long as it's, uh, well, I like LinkedIn, so because at least people are respectful on LinkedIn. I mean, Twitter, you know, I put some, some stuff on Twitter. If, if LinkedIn is a, um, you know, is a group hug, then Twitter is a fist fight. <laughs> um, because there's some very aggressive behaviour on there, so I tend to uh, I tend to leave my you know my my bigger opinions. Uh, I leave those on LinkedIn. Yeah, no, that's great, and I think that this you know this is an extension of your conversations of the you know, finding the right people who can add value to your um, you know through engaging with your ideas. You are listening to the Thriving on Overload podcast. If you truly want to increase your information productivity then check out the Thriving on Overload interactive course. 
It is designed to significantly enhance your information practices and habits, guiding you through creating your own personal information plan so you can excel in a world of overload. Go to thrivingonoverload.com slash course to find out more. Now back to the show. So, so I mean, I, I always believe in you know structuring or framing your ideas. And I know the one way you do that is you run webinars on these things. So, yeah. of course, you need to structure your thoughts in order to be able to do that. But are there any other ways that you... You know, do you draw mind maps or visuals or, you know, or any other kind of structure to help you unpick, um, you know, your understanding of these spaces? Yeah. So I do find that, um, you know, if I'm talking on these things, as in, you know, delivering a webinar or, you know, similar sorts of training, I find that that very much helps to solidify my thinking about things and drives me to sort of a deeper analysis and which I, frankly I wouldn't do just, you know, just for the sake of my own personal understanding, I wouldn't sort of sit there and go, I need to understand why certain NFTs sell for a certain, you know, for $24 million and other NFTs don't sell for that. So I wouldn't just do that unless I was putting myself in the position of trying to educate others about that. And then I know, okay, I'd better really, research this and get into it. So, so my process is I gather in a lot of research material, uh, which I'll then read through. And then I have a very large whiteboard, which I love tremendously. And what I will do is once I've read through things, I will put things into the iPad as I'm going through them. And then once I've read through most of the material on, on a particular topic, I will then on the whiteboard put up there what I feel are the strongest ideas that I've been left with as a result of that. And, um, I mean, it's just, you know, it's multiple colours and so forth. I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's something I did on the weekend, actually, about NFTs. I can see that I've got Paris Hilton NFT trading cards, the new Wally Lewis written up there. So, um, you know, I, I think about how are we going to, how can we categorise these things? So it's, it's just different colours and it's, it does help me to, to visualise. I can't, I've tried doing it on, you know, computers or the iPad and it, it works nowhere near as well as being able to sit back and look at it on a whiteboard. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's this, this physical component to it, but also just the, you know, the visual and mapping that out. So, so this is partly, I, you know, I think it was a synthesis as in the pulling together of all of these multiple ideas. So is there any way in which you get yourself in a, frame of mind or to you know to help to distill or synthesize or pull together ideas in a way that's that uh, brings that higher level understanding yeah well yeah I, I don't have a a particular sort of framework that i always use when i'm delivering sessions i'm trying to think of it from the audience's point of view and most importantly it's what message am I getting across that is going to be relevant to these folks? How is it going to change what they do or impact them? So I'm always trying to think of what is it. And so, for example, the NFT session that I'm working on, you know, it's it's really been about, and I've been speaking to people about this, it's like, you know, there's a lot of questions out there, particularly questions around how could these things be worth so much um, and they're only, you know, digital files and they're only JPEGs, whatever. 
And so then challenging myself, you know, to explain that, what is the rationale? And then from that, I then try to simplify it down to, so in the case of NFTs, I've got six key categories of NFTs and they they all have different attributes. So it's it's trying to figure out what is the simplest way to explain a difficult concept. And that may be, you know, either as I've done with the NFTs, six six different categories, or it might be just trying to look for an analogy in real life. You know, the more that we can get analogies, the better. And then obviously, the, you know, what really works and resonates with people is stories, and, you know, telling them stories about what you've done. And so I find that that's one of the things that, that works very well, which is just telling stories about matters that I've worked on, obviously, without revealing confidential information, but really just giving people stories and trying to work in as many uh, learnings into each story as possible. Yes, absolutely. And this, this is part of the thing of you you, you uh, learn by teaching and part yeah. of it is because you do need to distill and to, you know, bring together the metaphors or, you know, analogies which bring out the, the key characteristics. Yes, yeah. So if you're thinking about somebody who is a entrepreneur or a lawyer, yeah. uh, it would be interesting if there's any differences between those. What is the advice which you would give to somebody who uh, is saying, all right, well, there's just way too much. I'm trying to keep across the, the edge of change and it's just, uh, I'm not, not able to do that. So what would your advice be to, you know, things which we haven't covered so far in terms of how, how it is that, you know, people living on the edge can, can thrive in that space? Yeah. It's a challenge because there's so much out there. I mean, you know, one way is to find, I guess, people that either you trust who who are across it and then, you know, following them or listening to their podcasts and so forth. I'm a, you know, a big believer, you know, I devour a lot of podcasts. I you know, listen to them in the car and uh, actually uh, got over the idea that, you know, the kids may not be interested in the podcast and now I, I don't really care about that. So they're, they're yeah. sort of forced to listen to that or put their e- e- earphones in. So, yeah, I guess one of the approaches is, you know, finding, you know, a couple of people who you think know what's happening and then following them and just see what they think is appropriate. I mean, the problem with that is you tend to get caught up in a little bit of a bubble and so you might end up sort of with with the wrong idea. I mean, at at its core, you know, I think... Maybe the way to, to look at it, maybe, and sorry, I am I'm absolutely <laughs> just um, uh, meandering here, but maybe if we pulled it back to what is important for you to learn. So say, for example, you know, with lawyers. So I do this program for lawyers called The Breakthrough Lawyer, and with that I, I try to give people a sense of what, what is important for you to understand about the future of the law. Because you don't necessarily have to understand everything about the future of law. You know, if you don't do court work, maybe the future of what's going to happen in courts is irrelevant to you. So yes. I think trying to narrow it down, what will be meaningful to me and what could I meaningfully use to change my life? Um, and then once you do that, 
then hopefully that dictates the priorities. Harder with an entrepreneur because when you are an entrepreneur, there's so many different things that you have to be across. There's obviously your product, but then you know there's partnering and effective partnering. There's raising capital and there's you know the, the regulatory landscape. There are enormous number of things there, and you know with entrepreneurs, probably the best advice there is you know, actually partnering with you know another founder. So having co-founders, we certainly see the benefit of co-founders, each of whom you know bring you know a different skill set, sometimes quite a different skill set. Um, yeah, but I guess it comes down to establishing why is it relevant for it? if it is meaningful and you can use the information that you get then you will become more interested in it yeah absolutely the i think the other part of that's frame of well working out what's important and you know what is going to be meaningful but i think you you've really shared a very people centric view of how to learn engage and keep across the edge of change and that's not what every everybody's approach but i mean certainly one which i've personally and i've seen a lot of other people really uh thrive on and because if you want to keep across the edge of change then there are some people who can guide you on that journey mm, yeah so any and just in conclusion i mean any other final thoughts or recommendations or practices around what it is that you do which where and you're very evident thriving on uh, extreme overload <laughs> Maybe maybe it's just luck, but you know, I am intensely curious about a whole range of different topics. Not everything. There's some things I'm not, you know, not concerned about um, that other people are curious about. But but for me, I have sort of some deep curiosity about some specific things, and I've figured out a way to, you know, you know to, that they're relevant. To my work, particularly, but also potentially to my life, and so I, I think it's it's not just curiosity for the sake of curiosity. It's curiosity to determine how could that improve my life and help me to help others. Then, once for me, once once I got that bridge, um, it was you know it made it all very easy. So I find it intensely fascinating to be learning about these things, but then also to applying it because it's not it's not just learning for the sake of learning absolutely yeah and uh, you do a outstanding job of it thank you thank you so much uh, for your time and your insights nick it's been uh, it's been fantastic no worries, Ros. uh thank you and ross i understand you've got a new book coming out which i'm looking forward to reading and uh, best wishes with that and uh, and best wishes with the podcast thank you thank you thank you for listening to the show if you want more resources to help you thrive in a world of exponential information, go to thrivingonoverload.com, where you can find all podcast episodes, transcripts, show notes, excerpts from my book, Thriving on Overload, the Thriving on Overload interactive course, and a trove of other useful content and resources, including a weekly Tips for Thriving newsletter to keep across it all. If you like this episode, please do help us be found by giving us a rating or review and subscribe if you'd like to hear more. This is Ross Dawson. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day.